The opinions expressed in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the Six Talk Podcast Network. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. This is the Anime Roundtable Canada presented by Anime North. You can contact us via email animeroundtable at gmail.com, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Anime Roundtable, and on the web, animeroundtable.com. Or I don't really know if that really applies now. More almost a month into the new year. Well, think of it this way, Mike. We're almost to Lunar New Year, right? Oh yeah, that well. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, that's coming up in a couple weeks. You guys don't celebrate Lunar New Year. You guys don't celebrate it. Well, you will, right? Well, yeah. Because I'm I'm the Asian person in the group. Well, I guess you technically are too, Mike. The East Asian person in the group. Yes. <laughs> Caught well, myself there. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, Kevin, you've seen all the marketing they do now for Lunar New Year. It's like, you can't escape it. I'm sorry. I still call it Chinese New Year. Huh? I still call it Chinese New Year because I'm Chinese. What can I say? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. It's a, it's a catch-all term. The, uh, which one is the catch-all term? I don't know. Lunar New Year has become the more PC term to use rather than Chinese New Year because it is technically Lunar New Year because it isn't just Chinese people celebrating that New Year, but I digress. It's kind of like saying a Nintendo when referring to video games back in the day. Well, but but in any event, here we go. We are near the end of January and we're only uh, getting in our first recording of 2024. Sunday evening, January the 28th. 2024 only three of us to begin the new year around the table myself mike nicholas sitting in his perch in six points james austin sitting in his perch somewhere in mississauga kevin ing sitting somewhere on a perch in mississauga as well and happy new year in earnest although it's been a little bit since we had james on so uh good to hear from you i know you've been busy with work haven't we all though that's how it goes usually <laughs> most of the time yeah i mean this is like as i said i i constantly joke i miss the pandemic because we were able to do episodes on a at worst bi-weekly basis back then but now almost two years in from many of us well myself especially getting uh, back to norm to a more normal schedule Normal schedule does not like my the normal schedule never really gave us time to tape, so that's basically what's happened since uh, then. At least uh, with the virtual world, as they say, we can uh, make time sometimes, and that's always great. 
Yeah, it was nice to get a day off today, so that's why we're able to do this. Uh, Mohammed Shamarki, Amy, Greg uh, wanted to enjoy their Sundays. And who really could blame them, despite it being a bit on the rainy side, a dreary, drab side uh, here in uh, Toronto today. Still nice. Still pretty mild. But uh, yeah, if you, uh, it's a Sunday. Why not enjoy it a little bit? Or uh, see to other other things. Uh, take a guess who is doing what. But let's start. Let's start uh, just seeing catching up with everybody else. Uh, James, this is a, since I said it is the first. It's been a little while, a couple months since we had you on. Well, it's been a cu- almost a month since we were on. Anyway, period. Just want to get a couple random thoughts since on some of the stuff we've talked about since you haven't been around. I guess um, the one that sticks out the most. We uh, Kevin and I talked uh, back in November. I think it was in November about uh, watching Boy and the Heron. Do you have a thought on it now, or do you want to save it as we get a little further into awards season? I probably would have to save it, especially since I haven't actually watched it and stuff like that. And I'll probably have to wait till uh, probably I get my version on Blu-ray and stuff like that. That's uh, fine by me. I don't know. It's just, I love to go and try and see it in a theater. The problem is now they've kept that pandemic idea that they want you to order online and select your seat online, stuff like that. And I don't like doing that. I want to go to the theater and just sit down and enjoy the movie. I don't want all the BS along with it. Yeah, I hate I hate paying that extra fee. And maybe uh, it's just me thinking that, but anyway. Like, I, I have sucked it up and paid that fee a couple times since for stuff I wanted to see and that did have, um, that were difficult to watch. But, yeah, if... If at all possible, I I just walk in and buy my ticket now. The mm. question is, is there anyone there to serve you? Or are they just there and saying, oh, there's the automated thing, good luck. And we'll no, there's usually one it. person. There's usually one person. At least that, that was the experience. I, I remember seeing that when we were went to the Cineplex. Because it's like, at that point, if you're making us do the work, you should be paying us for doing the work for you. But hey, it's just like, Remember automatic tellers with the banks and that? It's like after a while, uh, you just go with the flow, I guess. There's there's still like, like I, when I was at a bank yesterday and I still saw about four or five tellers uh, on a Saturday. Well, who do you but, bank with, Mike? Um, a brand, a well-known brand in Canada. Because I'll tell you, Royal Bank, not every branch has tellers anymore you know i yeah i think so I, and i think they're still rather selective i think because the branch i go uh, i went to yesterday and considering the demographic of that place it's probably it probably fits that they were able to have more tellers so let's see you're right maybe uh, check the neighborhood check the neighborhood you're in near mileage may vary but uh, just a a thought anyway okay so in the last month uh, uh and checking everybody's little exploits having a little fun um what has everyone been up to uh in within 
our related fandom. I know, I know James might be on a rant just talking with him uh, pre-show. Kevin, I don't know, totally know what he's been up to. Ooh. Uh, a short uh, one too. Let her rip. read let some manga. Um, still neck deep in watching VTubers. I've been playing some Pikmin Three Deluxe. Hmm. You do know there's a fourth game too, right, Kevin? I'm waiting for a sale. <laughs> Same. Well, they had they had a January sale. They just started, but I guess those ones weren't on it, huh? Pikmin's too new. But I can I can tell you of a Nintendo title. I'm not sure if you uh, played it, uh, Kevin. But uh, it's funny. It came out uh, not last Friday, but the Friday before. So that would have been like January nineteenth, uh, when the Xenoblade uh, Amiibos came out. But it was uh, another code recollection. And it's funny how in the U.S. it's like sold out online and everywhere, but supposedly we still got copies floating around online in Canada, and they're in store at the uh, EB Games and stuff like that. I picked mine up. But so, I, what is that game about? Because I know that it's like it's kind of a mystery game, but I don't really know like the details on it. So originally, these two games. So the first game was on DS. And it was uh, one of the first touch generation games. And literally, when they reviewed it, most of the reviewers didn't know how to review it. They're like, what is this? And gave it very low scores. And I remember it was extremely short, the first game on DS. It was uh, like, we could beat it in a few hours. And me and people who played it, we actually didn't buy it. We rented it from either, I think, either a Rogers or a Blockbuster store. And that's how we played it and stuff like that. Because it was so short, you could play it on a Saturday afternoon and enjoy it. And that's how kind of the developers at Sing kind of envisioned it. And then there was the sequel on the Wii. But unfortunately, it never came to North America, but it came to Europe. Mm. And as you know, Sing, the developer that did uh, Another Code and also did uh, the most beloved uh, Hotel Dusk, those two games with Kyle Hyde, they unfortunately went uh, bankrupt and went under a long time ago and stuff like that. But uh, this game, like, they literally rebuilt both games from the ground up. And definitely the first game, I finished that part of it, felt longer. The second game, I'm still going through it. But it's basically kind of that similar feel. Like, there's no high stakes, even though there's puzzles and stuff like that. I'm walking around in the free world. I'm enjoying the environment. I'm enjoying the story of... um, Ashley Mizuki Robbins and stuff like that and then I'm going through and doing some puzzles here and there sometimes they do use uh, motion control and stuff like that and your mileage may vary on those but they're not mind-numbing and stuff like that it's kind of almost like a kinetic visual novel in my mind going through and enjoying it with some puzzles here and there and you're going around walking around in a 3D environment and if you want like I didn't use it and but you never know if you don't want to like worry about anything you can turn it on auto mode and it'll direct you where to go and stuff like that in the game so they have that option which i guess is nice for some people but i don't think you would need it but it's like from what i saw like they've rebuilt the games it feels fresh even if you had played um uh the uh, first game on ds it still feels like a fresh experience 
And it definitely, they probably, since it may be the final year uh, of the Switch, they definitely didn't make many copies of the physical. So that's why I got it. And I'm surprised they even did a physical of this because Famicom Detective, they only did digital only and stuff like that. But they put a lot into this and you see the love and they even brought back some of the developers that were at Sing and worked on the original games. They brought them back to work on this. And you know where they are working? They're working at Arc System... That's where the oh. Arc System works. So that's who was doing the development for it. But it's just a fun game to go and enjoy. So I heard about the game a couple days ago. Uh, I, I've i put my copy on hold for now. Because, yeah, it, it, it felt like kind of a mystery thing to me. So that's why I was a little intrigued. But, yeah... And there is there is a mystery behind like and the first one focuses on her, between her and her dad and the second one kind of involves her and her mother between memories and stuff like that and the first one yeah is very much a mystery where sure basically her dad has been out of the picture for so long because she had witnessed her mom basically shot to death and basically mm-hmm. he's like okay come to this uh, vacant island stuff like that so i can see you again and explain all this stuff and it's mm-hmm. like you see basically uh, how this all plays out and stuff like that and it talks about the memories of her and uh, her family and stuff like that and it um... actually involves a ghost as well when you get to the island and then the island of course is auspiciously named uh, blood edward island and then she's just on there. So it's it's definitely uh, intriguing. And then the other intriguing thing, of course, is both games are set, uh, even though it's Japanese developer and all this stuff, they're all set in Washington State, which is kind of interesting. It kind of reminds you of, um, what was it, Star Tropics or something like that, where I'm not sure if they were trying to appeal maybe to uh, audiences outside Japan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And especially that's what they were doing with the touch generation games and stuff like that. And even when they worked on Hotel Dusk and Last Window, that one was more crime noir and stuff like that, which this game really isn't. Oh, that's right. Okay. But, uh, but, and maybe not totally related, Washington State is where Nintendo's North American operations were headquartered. They still are, right? Correct. They're still in Redmond, right near uh, Microsoft. <laughs> so... Maybe maybe uh, it maybe it's just eh, it probably is a coincidence, but just stuck out to sticks out to me. Okay, my video game stuff. My own video game stuff is basically catching up. Um, at least I I think I, I I don't know if I mentioned last time I started playing a little bit of PS Five stuff again. I think I did. But really, it was just uh, getting refamiliar with the uh, with the Yakuza games, the Like a Dragon games. I'm still playing. I, I just wanted to do the uh, what is it? What do they call open world? Or I forget the term they use. Just a uh, just a free run, or just a just a free run of uh, of both uh, Yakuza Zero and Yakuza One Kiwami. And just just to get refamiliarized with the controls, and then maybe I'll start. I finally will start playing Kiwami too. And we are talking about this the week that the latest uh, latest installment of the series, uh, number eight, Like a Dragon: Infinite Wealth, comes out. So, 
you know, I, I'm still very much behind. And on the topic of being behind, also earlier in the week, I decided to, I decided to start playing the 2016 release uh, of the, the Ratchet and Clank uh, remaster. And I'm about halfway through that now. And it, it, I have to say, it's been, it was inter- it's been interesting to play. feels a little, I, I, I feel so out of touch with, uh, with control schemes sometimes. So uh, you wouldn't believe how many times I die in normal mode. But, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been fun. And maybe I'm trying to give myself an excuse because I picked up a copy of, uh, Wild, of Wild Rift. Uh, or what is a, what's, the, what's the latest installment called? Uh, I should look it up. It's, it's like sitting right behind me, but I, didn't want, I don't want to get up. Mm. But the, the latest installment I was able to get for get cheap some, a few years back. And remember, Ratchet, the Ratchet and Clank, back at the time, that was, what was it? It was when, like, when Sony offered a handful of games at the outset of the pandemic. Right? So Ratchet, it was many of their own first party games. So the first uh, Horizon game, the had Uncharted was in there. One of yeah, those, Uncharted so. was there. Uncharted was part of that, and so was Ratchet and Clank. I forgot some of the others. Do you remember off the top of your head what some of those free games were, James? But yeah, they were mostly first party and stuff like. Yeah, that. they were first parties. I remember that much about about it. I'm 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 looking at my library now, right? Because I can see that in my. Uh, I'm just I'm just trying to remember. I'm just trying to remember what I did get at the time. Yeah, Uncharted Journey, I think was one of them. Was Journey one of them? I think it was. Just looking. Horizon Zero Down, Subnautica. And some of these some of these are unplayable, right? Because uh, they're VR games. Yeah, th- those were the games. Then they uh, just Oh, um, another thing that I remembered starting is I finally started playing some more Pokemon games, so uh, started Scarlet. Now that I bought the the version with the DLC on the cartridge, or well, one of them in the cartridge. Hey, you, you didn't want to move on to Pal World, there, Kevin? No physical, no sale. <laughs> well, it's a, it's an early access, remember? So. Who yeah. knows? Maybe it's it'll become the next Baldur's Gate yeah, 3, but who this. knows? Well, Baldur's Gate will be getting a physical release this year. It just won't be a wide release. You know we're going to have to have a longer, uh, another discussion on the on physical media with all the all the uh, moving parts that are going there right now. Right? Yeah, no, oh, they, were, they were talking I'll, I'll on Microsoft the, too. I think I've mentioned this in the past, but, yes, you have, but I'm pretty the, sure the exceptions I make for digital purchases for games is when I need to play the game online because I will not pay to play online no matter what. So Age of Empires 2, you can't really play the physical copy anymore, or you can, but it's a huge pain in the ass to play that with other people so i did rebuy that digitally and left for dead 2 i still sometimes play Mm. but then 
that was because I played that on PC first. And um, and for Nintendo, uh, all new Picross releases have been digital, so I had no choice on that one too. But if I know a physical exists, that's the priority. And Fair if enough. I think there's a chance it may come out physically, then I won't buy it. So even for the indies and stuff like that, you're hoping someone like Limited Run or Strictly Limited might uh, get it at some point. Yeah, but truth be told, I don't play a lot of indie stuff. So And sometimes they get non-indie stuff, like some stuff like I know from Konami, and we saw Sega Atlas do some stuff with Limited Run and stuff like that, so you never know, right? I held out in the hopes that they might re-release Persona 3 and 4 physically, well, you know, golden and portable, and look what happened. Yeah, no, I got them on sale, and I got them digitally, because of how it kind of turned out. Like, they were kind of okay. They could have done better, I think, with uh, them transitioning to new consoles and stuff like that. But overall, I was like, you know what? I'd rather just get digital. I already had my physical copies for PSP and PS Vita, and that was good enough for me. Mm -hmm. Ironically... Oh, oh, just quickly. I did have four golden physically for Vita, but then I decided not to buy a Vita. So... I cashed out when that appreciated. Hmm. Well, that definitely makes sense and stuff like that. But the other thing with Persona 3, as you know, is later this week, uh, Reload's coming out. Persona 3 Reload's coming out. So we'll see how that does. Yeah, and like four, like the 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 top versions of 4 and 5 have been on sale recently, too. I, I, got, I did, for reference, get Persona 4 Golden digitally because it was like 16 bucks on sale i'm kind of disappointed that it's not getting a switch release because i really don't see myself buying a ps5 at this point however the rumor that's being bandied about by that persona leaker is that uh they're holding out on the switch because they want to put it on the next switch yeah, and that's the latest Yeah, rumor. they, they were hinting kind of that they hear everyone's voices as well, so that's kind of stoking the fire that it may be on the next uh, Switch console if that actually does release later this year, but we'll yeah, find and, out. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find another, um, another opportunity to get P3 portable through VGP because they actually did get some regular editions out for that. Uh, I just don't have enough for free shipping. And then I can never really get myself to head to the physical location because it's out of the way. But yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Even the other Atlas game, the new one after, uh, was it the Fantasia one, the fantasy game they're doing from uh, Persona Studio? That one was supposedly, they think, may come out on the next Switch. And I guess if you believe the rumors or whatever, it could work because they'll use uh, upscaling and stuff like that to try and make it, you know what I mean, run similar but not the same to uh, Xbox and PS5 and stuff like that in terms of getting it to 4K, in terms of getting it to uh, other specs and stuff like that. Not the same, but make it feel like it, I guess. Mm. Who knows? And that, I'm guessing, is if it's running like as a console, not as a portable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the rumor is could happen by the end of the year, but we'll see. You know, it, it's strange on the on the topic of uh, of consoles. Also, like more than a few times during the 
last month. I was like, I, I go online just to see what's, uh, what's available. And every so often, I will see the PlayStation Portal restocked, whether it's on Best Buy or Amazon. The Portal or the Portable? The Portal. portal the Portal. Okay. That's the one where it's the PS5. And supposedly, the first initial run of that sold out in Canada. Okay. And, I'm like, and I'm like, who bought that then? Because I wonder how the shipments were on that that could sell it's out. Or stay yeah. Well, hopefully then it's just sitting gathering dust in their uh, rooms then I mean, because just, I just don't know the market for it. It's it's there. I mean, yeah, yeah it, it's for people who share maybe one tele- television, probably multi uh, multi-person households that share that have limited um screens. So But is it worth what was it? It was like two hundred dollars or two hundred seventy. Like, yeah, two hundred seventy. Two hundred. Yeah, three hundred. After tax, you know, still free after tax. It is also the same price as a as a uh, Dual Sense Edge, just for reference. It, it has its market. It has its market. I think it just goes after those casual gamers who, you know, just uh, cannot who just for whatever reason aren't able to sit in front of their television to be able to play. I find that often hard to believe you. Yes. Often it's probably because that said television is being occupied in some other way. See, the thing with that, Mike, is I understand where you're coming from from that, but the price point just does not make it feel casual to me and stuff like that. I feel like I at that point it'd be a waste of money, but I can see why you would think that's how it would go it's, in some instances, right? And and and, and, I, and I guess it's always different strokes for different folks, right? I, I mean... I have no issue with those who don't see it fitting in the way they do things, but it clearly has found a fit for a good chunk of people. And or, that's fine. Or the as Kevin is, said, it went to the scalpers. Where the other? Yeah. <laughs> that too. It's just um, like looking at, uh, at all the reviews and you're talking, I think it, it has its appeal with people who are probably just occupied or have their televisions, their regular televisions occupied. Kids could be watching, could be watching SpongeBob, and then on that on on the main television, and then they can just you know relax and play their game, play a game while their kids are watching, or what? Ha- or pe- maybe people are trying to multitask, uh, keeping up with the football games at the same time. Uh, uh, which has me wondering at this hour, I think there's still the NFC final is still going. I wonder how Detroit's doing against San Francisco. Well, they were, they were up and then supposedly the chiefs were the chiefs. They are well, going the to the chiefs Super Bowl the again. yet again. Right. So let me see. I mean, this could be the best feel good store. Oh, wait. Okay. Last check. San Francisco has caught up. They're up by three with less than four minutes to go. Okay. Well, so as some people would say, that's expected for the Lions. As I've heard some uh, Lions fans say, it's like they always find a way to cough it up. So I'm sure they were, they were waiting for a shoe to drop, but you never know. They were winning by quite a bit. That's the thing. But that's uh, that's my little exploit for that. Um, and then, and then, just watching wise and manga wise, um, yeah, I took, kind of took advantage of the. Buy two get one get one free uh, Indigo manga sale as well or graphic novel sale, and lo- and decided to like I was curious about te- uh, about teasing Master Takagi-san 
because there's, that seems to be the talk early in the new year with the, with the live action coming out and with Netflix picking that up. And I watched a couple episodes on Netflix, which are basically second season episodes. I think. Yeah, they, they've split that for all the seasons between all these different people, like between High Dive, Crunchyroll, and uh, Netflix. So it's kind of interesting in that way. Yeah, it's cute. And it has a lot of charm. So maybe there's a lot to like about it. And, I, and we'll see what happens when, uh, when the live action comes out on Netflix in a couple months. I think it's set for March. That's me. Uh, but uh, but uh, my purchasing, I know, has been kind of simple. What about your... And, but James, I know you wanted to... You almost went rant delicious on, on uh, yet another Crunchyroll experience. Well, it's interesting, like, seeing how this is played out, especially on the Crunchyroll right stuff side, and how it's all played out kind of similar to how we feel and stuff like that. And it's still ongoing. And then we talked about physical media and there was another thing that happened this week. So out of interest for you two, how many like Blu-rays or what have you, do you think Crunchyroll Funimation, whatever you want to call them in April solicited this month for April? Wasn't it one? It was, it was zero, zero goose. I just remember the year, the date. Uh, yeah, it was this year for April 2024. They were solicited uh, this month, but they didn't do anything. And then this week, we found out a reason through the back end because uh, Bob from Robert's Anime Corner sometimes he'll let little nuggets slip through his newsletter, and he let one slip this week talking about how they'd heard from uh, Crunchyroll's physical media distribute uh, like division this week, saying that after all this time they've decided that they're finally going to switch their physical media master distribution to Sony uh, Pictures Home Entertainment. So they were still under the old thing for a long time, and I think they were with Universal. So they must have had oh. like a long agreement for that before. So that kind of brings in another thing into the Sony family. Like they've pretty much, over the past two years or however many brought even more into the fold under one roof. And this is another one, which was interesting. And so basically they had a slim Q1 releases and then nothing in April because over March and April, they're going to be moving to Sony picture home entertainment for distribution and stuff like that. But for physical media, I think it's going to be the same old, same old. They're still going to have, I think not as big releases as they used to, even all the stuff they bring out isn't always going to get a physical release. And then the other thing is the back catalog is that we haven't seen a lot of back catalog in quite a long, long time. So it makes you wonder. It's like, well, actually, I think the only one we've seen is really Cowboy Bebop. They did an anniversary release of that last year. Because it's Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, but, Cowboy Bebop, yeah. But it makes you wonder about the algorithm and all that stuff. How many people, like they have all these shows from way back that they got you know, I mean, from other people that they went out of business and all of that and Funimation got them and stuff like that. How many of them people will find and stuff like that, even through the algorithm. And then even all the shows, remember on Funimation, not all of them have transferred over to Crunchyroll. So it's, it's still a mess on that end, but, uh, the actual storefront. So right stuff turning into, uh, the Crunchyroll store is still an interesting, uh, thing to say the least like one thing i noticed uh 
people had to give people links because, for example, when you go to the Crunchyroll store and stuff like that, when you logged in, you had write stuff order status. When you click on that link now, it doesn't take you to the right stuff legacy site. It takes you back to the Crunchyroll store. It's like idiotic. And so you actually had to, I forget which form I was in, but someone found a link where you could get to the legacy side to find your legacy uh, orders if you still needed that. Luckily, my last legacy order shipped earlier in the month, the final piece of it and stuff like that. So that was good. So the only thing I have left is the Dirty Pair Kickstarter and I guess we'll see how that one goes. Oh, but, but yeah. other than that, like the other thing I noticed is, remember, Mike, I told you about um, the God anime and stuff like that. You had to get coupons and stuff like that. Well, they're not doing that anymore because this week, and I noticed it when I went in, they have now, when you go to an item and you're a God anime, your 10% shows up on the item and they give you that 10%. But there's one problem, and that is, you know, when you have your Crunchyroll membership, if you're a regular Crunchyroll member, you get 5%. I guess if you're the top tier, you get 15% or all this other jargon. Well, guess what? All your stuff from the Crunchyroll side, I don't get an extra 5%. I only get 10% as a God Anime member, which I think is baloney. And I sent them an email a month ago when I ordered uh, Great Pretender. I said, hey, I ordered this. I used my uh, God anime thing for 10%. I only got 10% off. I didn't get the 5% for being a Crunchyroll member. Like, that mm. it doesn't stack. Yeah, it's not, it's not so, uh, you're not able to combine the two. So uh, I'm like, whatever. But I bet you now they're going to say, Tough Turkey, this is our policy. This isn't a problem. This is the way we do things. But I would be more ticked off if I was that premium member. And I was supposed to get 15% off, and I only got 10% off because of the God anime thing. That would be, and lose like 15% in the process. That would be Ooh, ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, which, which side, which part of the equation will be recognized? The one that's more beneficial or the one where, okay, where's the order coming from? Yeah, well, it all depends. And that depends too. Like, the, we've already started to see the stories, and because of how they've been doing things. It's either coming from Texas or it's coming from Grimes. Now I've only got things from Grimes so far for the few orders I've had to worry about, but they are kind of getting the packaging right and all that other fun stuff on both of them. But there is a big problem, as I told you, Mike, customer service. So they talked about, oh, right stuff. It's like they were so great in packaging. They were so great in customer service and people were loyal to them. And basically they threw out the customer service like that end of it they got rid of all the people in grimes and it feels like they have basically farmed out customer service you can only get to it through um like uh online through uh what is it it's like they don't even have chat they don't even have a phone number you can reach out to it's just like um you fill out a form and that's it and you hope they get back to you and most people said they're just not getting back to them. Like they're not receiving things about, Hey, I need to return this item because it's damaged or whatever for weeks or a month. And that's not just because of the holidays and stuff like that. And sometimes they said, we're doing like 20 of these forms just to get someone to respond to me. And that's a problem. And the other problem is, so right stuff had root, right? 
So if you had a problem with your order, basically you could uh, go for a route and they would deal with getting you um, a new copy, right? If something was damaged and stuff like that. But and route was always bullshit because you're supposed to send me that thing in good condition anyway. Because before route, you would contact right stuff and yes, they would replace your thing even within Canada because I know people that have dealt with them with that. Yep. Well, see, the thing is, because of how it is now, Kevin, you just can't seem to get anyone to get a authorization to return something and get them to get you the copy you deserve. So route would have been the better solution, but they don't have that. So have them deal with uh, Crunchyroll Store and stuff like that. So the issue is trying to get a hold of these people. Like customer service is dog shit, literal dog shit. That's all I got to say on it. And like, so you got to watch what you're getting from them now, because you may never like know if you have a problem, it's going to be a tough problem trying to uh, get some a hold of someone. And the other thing is, um, remember when I talked about prices and the discounts and that, remember I had made, um, I think I had said on an earlier podcast, I said, okay, I made a, a Christmas sale when they started the sale beginning of November. And everything looked good. Well, a few weeks later, FedEx sent me uh, a thing saying, oh, you owe this much. And it was a bigger amount than I expected. So there was a fee charge in there I had never seen. And I had to look it up. And it it sounds like the way they did it, they had uh, said, FedEx, you deal with the uh, brokerage and all that stuff. And then charge the customer. And I'm like, what the heck? So... Basically, there may be surprise fees depending on who they decide to choose. So if they decide to do FedEx, then we're going to get these surprise fees after the fact. And I checked because you can go on to FedEx, use your tracking number and say, hey, is there going to be any fees or anything like that? And usually I can pay it ahead of time. This one, they said there was nothing and they sent something in the mail. And it's like, man, like it was completely different from any experience I had had with any other retailers and stuff like that. That's happened with me with FedEx in the past for uh, non-anime related stuff. Yeah. And the it thing can't... is, is that usually in those situations, they should let you know if you're going to be paying brokerage. And then at that point, that's when you make the decision on whether or not you want to self-clear the package yourself at Pearson. And that's that the thing. At least you avoid brokerage you'll still pay the taxes but you can dodge the brokerage in that situation but most of the others usually i dodge the brokerage is just the taxes and just a small fee but this one Mm -hmm. they obviously and this is where it's crazy kevin is remember right stuff had an agreement with fedex in place for canada any other international things and for canada it's like okay we have this agreement in place even if it's not free shipping, they're just paying the taxes, we'll collect it, we'll get all this done. And they didn't keep that in place. It's ridiculous they didn't keep that in place. Yeah. They, like they Basically, they're giving us and international customers the middle finger with that and a few other things. So I feel like the international customers and us in Canada, there's no reason for us to buy from them anymore from the current no, world. The, the only buy- reason is to buy Aniplex of America releases or any other thing that's exclusive to that store and there is no other way because that's that would be the way and like 
like basically, yeah, the American side, they'll probably keep customers. They're going to lose some, but I think they've lost everyone outside the US, in my opinion. And I would tell people not to buy from them unless it's something exclusive, like you said. And then even for the discotech stuff, as I was telling Mike, I would actually go to Amazon.com and buy from them because, as I said, with possible fees and brokerage and all this extra stuff that may uh, stumble onto your thing, at least with Amazon.com, even if it's at full price, they come to you and say, okay, here's how much you're paying for importing it and your shipping and all that stuff. It's all up front. Yeah. They've also changed it in the last quarter. I wouldn't do it, but they allow you. It's like, do you want to do it in Canadian currency or do you want to do it in American currency? And they've also changed it where instead of having third-party couriers, once it arrives in Canada, deliver it like in telecom, they've actually changed it, at least in GTA, like Greater Toronto area, that it comes into Canada here in the GTA, and then they send it to the Amazon facilities and the Amazon delivery people, just like the .ca packages, the same guys deliver it. Interesting. And the other thing is this, Kevin, at least if something goes wrong, like damage and all that stuff, I can actually talk to someone on the phone with Amazon. I can actually reach out and find someone, unlike Crunchyroll. Yeah, it takes some like, effort, but yeah. And it's like, choose, choose your poison of which billionaire you want to support or, bil- or multinational company, but at least I can do that with Amazon, right? So my, my, yeah. My service it, experiences with Amazon have been, have been decent. So See, in that scenario... I would pick paying US dollars, but then I have a no fee uh, credit card where uh, I don't pay the extra 2.5% in conversion. And that's fee. where it all depends. Is different people, it depends on how you want to do it. I would stick with US dollars and stuff like that, but at least yeah. on the back end, I know we're going to be okay. And if something goes wrong, I can contact someone and stuff like that and figure it out faster than going through a form and hoping in a month that somehow they'll send me something to return it to them. Mm. Well, it's just, when I hear all these stories, it's just the thing about being a, a, a fan in Canada. And I'm looking now at that expensive ass code Geass re-release and they're not even shipping that to Canada. Wait, they are like, is there an actual thing on there that says... Due to licensing and or shipping restrictions, this product is only available for shipping within the U.S. Really? Interesting. I, I Sorry, now I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm going to check this stupid nonsense. Well, I can because, that, because that is licensed out to everyone and stuff like that. Interesting. Well, well that thing is $550 U.S. That, it's, a, it's a hard proposition, Wow, you're right. It it says that at the bottom. It's it's only available uh, within the U.S. Wow. Even though everything else is U.S. Canada. Interesting. But if you missed out on Akito or the the movies, I think that's your only shot to get them now. But then the question is, as you said, if you want to go for exclusive things and Anaplex, as we know, likes to have those exclusive editions, how many of those are going to be like this? So it's basically a middle finger to everyone outside the U.S. And I think it doesn't help that the, the box is kind of a funky looking shape. That's probably why they're paranoid. But Well, oh. somehow uh, Right Stuff managed to help uh, Sentai get those uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes boxes out. So, Who's to say? Okay, 
As I said, it's just the frustration of being a fan in Canada. But yeah, the other one, but the other one interesting is if you buy Sentai, I think even at this point, I would look at the Sentai store and stuff like that and hold off on a few things there because when they do their sales, they do some decent sales. And that's when the free shipping to Canada kicks in still for them. And the last few sales, they've been free shipping to Canada at 200 for Sentai. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so the big thing is you got to shop around a lot more than uh, what we used to and stuff like that. And depends yeah. on what you want, right? I guess. I, it does, I guess. Yeah. Well, as I said, this is just uh, the bottom line is these are the frustrations of being a fan in Canada these days. And the options basically, in my mind, have now shrunk, basically. Like, oh, yeah. I knew we were going to have problems, but wow, they, they went from hero to zero very quickly, to say the least. Like, there were ways they could have kept some things in place, but they, they just went down straight into the toilet and stuff like that. Oh, so I now, figure out how to get those Satoshi Kon Blu-rays now that I want. Mm. Because I want that Millennium Actress Steelbook still. Well, I'm not surprised that that's your interest. But as we know, uh, up here, we are uh, small potatoes and stuff like that. And that's why Discotech, I know that everyone at uh, the panels asked them about Canada. And I know other places like Australia, New Zealand, they've asked. But they said, it's we forget the physical media is so small now and stuff like that. And how these companies, like they have to do smaller print runs that... For them, it's harder to get into our markets. So then it's kind of like, well, we have to go to the source in a way sometimes. Mm-hmm. We the North. Okay. Well, there's that's a that's just a small thing though. They're just just our daily frustrations. Or maybe just uh, our fan frustrations. Well, why is the Vinland Saga Limited Edition so expensive? Is this uh is this uh oh this is a this is a Blu-ray? This is a Sentai release. Okay. Well, no, that that one for Vinland Saga Season 1, they had a regular edition, and then there's the limited edition. That one was always uh, a premier one. They actually, on the sales, it's better to wait for the sales on that one because it did go down a bit. So the special editions, it depends. Some of them, they'll do a bit more expensive, sometimes less expensive, depending on what they pack in. You can't tell me that book is really... What jacked the price up by like eighty bucks? It was it was a nice book and all that stuff, but I actually got it. I had a lower price and stuff like that. I got it on one of the sales and stuff like that. But yeah, if you're getting it at that price, yeah, I would hold my breath, as they say, right? His uh, Crunchyroll has it for one seventy two fifty US retail. The retail is two thirty US. Oof. Yeah, I got mine closer to a hundred Americans. So mm. nice. Okay, we should move forward, right? As I said, this is uh, our, our, how our daily life uh, as fans have uh, have been lately, and 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 this is before we can talk about Macross too. But uh, let's save that for another time. Oh, Maybe God, when it actually comes in, they're going to be putting out Macross, and that's going to be exclusive for the ones they have. Well, yeah, they they've already. Did you go to the Kickstarter there, Kevin? We a lot. I think Mike went to it. I went to it, and we got yeah. enough people for it that we got uh, an H, uh, an HD uh, 4K Blu-ray and stuff like that, which is uh, for which Macross from Macross two. two from uh, Animigo. Oh, I forgot about that Kickstarter. To be honest, yeah, yeah, but no, you can still uh, once they open up the shop on their end if you want to support it that way. 
you can do that and it's going to have the blu-ray and the hd blu-ray and all that stuff yeah. and depending on what you want you can also uh, get the one with the chipboard box and uh, mm. the hardcover art book and stuff like that but but isn't that the macross no one really likes um probably yeah <laughs> but but the, uh, the irony is it's like as they said they're going to put in the ova format when uh Manga had it. They put it in a movie format, just like they did with a lot of other releases. And I think like they plus, the same yeah. plus. And I'm guessing now that Anime Limited uh, has been probably trying to, uh, you know, what I mean, because I think they announced all that stuff early, and so they've probably had a long time to go through the nuts and bolts to get all the things together. It just happened. Anime Ego Robert Woodhead was first down the gate, and now that's going to probably be interesting to see how anime limited will react because they got macross plus and stuff like that for north america and for europe and so probably them seeing that it'll be interesting to see do they include a 4k version uh, in there or not i'm kind of dreading how much frontier is going to cost because that's the one i want the most uh, and that then, and plus i want um yeah plus i want as well but we'll see uh Maybe, hopefully, it'll be this year from Anime Load. But the real question mark is going to be the Nozomi titles and stuff like that. Because they have the contract in place. Is just, as we talked about with the Crunchyroll store, who knows what's going on with that stuff. And hopefully, they just need to get uh, Dirty Pair out this year, right? Did they update that yet? Which? Did they put out any updates regarding that Kickstarter yet? For Dirty Pair? Yeah. Yes, they did a. Uh, the last update was actually this Friday and stuff like that. And they talked about how they got all the materials, and it sounds like they're going to be going into authoring and stuff like that. But we mm. still, one person asked in the comments, what's going on with the art book as well? So there's still some moving parts. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I'm hoping this year. But I know a lot of people have been uh, talking about it, and even Justin Savakas was talking about saying, why is it taking so long? And but there probably were numerous reasons. Crunchyroll bought them out, and they had the pandemic and all that other fun stuff. But it's probably it's not... like two people working on it, and that's it. And the other thing is, I told Mike, I said it's not as bad as the front wing uh, Gracia anime uh, Kickstarter, which we have not seen anything in five years. And oh, I think the last update, nice. The last update was in September from probably someone in their uh, Japan office and stuff like that. And people have been on the horn about them and they remind them, they say, instead of front wing, fraud wing. I thought the, I thought the Kimigori Orange road manga took us took forever, but yeah, but that one, their other kickstarters, they have not fulfilled for front wing, which is, Ticked off a lot of people, and it's sad because they made the F visual novel too. So, not gonna see that coming out at this rate. Well, they've been releasing stuff and had other people like Protype releasing some of their stuff on Switch and stuff on Steam and stuff like that. But everyone's like, "Well, what about all this stuff we gave you money for, and we've seen nothing, and you can't keep on telling us pandemic and all this other nonsense?" They and they've never given any photos of any of the physical stuff, so it's it's a question mark. Oh, I would have charged back at that point. Oh my god! And the people left, like the people who ran the Kickstarters for them, like. They, um, I'm not sure if they were based in Japan or in the States, but it was on their English side. And now none of those exist. And there's only the Japan side communicating with people very infrequently. So mm. it's going to be a question mark. Some people, I think, have given up on them. 
even though they're like, oh yeah, we're totally going to ship this, like the end of this year. And we heard nothing after that. And so they went dead silent again. So that's never a good sign and stuff like that. But Front Wing was interesting because they were their own independent company five years ago. And during the course of the five years, they were bought out by Bushy Road and stuff like that. Mm. So there's all these other things that just leave you shaking your head. But that's what happens when you do those type of Kickstarters, right? It's you win some, you lose some. Yeah, yeah. I, I've done my, sh- I lost my share a few too. Uh, okay. We should continue anyway. Um, let's get serious for a couple minutes. Uh, I, I know that the biggest uh, story that's come down for the fandom this week, I'm sure you know. Um, well, there was the, uh, there was finally a verdict and a sentence in the, well, how long, how long has it been? 2018, 2019? The Kyoto Animation, uh, the Kyoto Animation Studio Fire? It's 2019, Mike. So Yeah. So there was a, a conviction earlier this week. The um, arsonist, uh, first of all, Kyoto District Court sentenced uh, Shinji Aoba to death for the 2019 arson at Kyoto Animation. And that killed 36 people in case, if, you did, if people forgot, it's been long enough now. And I don't know what else to mention. Uh, well, there is, I guess, a little bit to to mention at the moment. Um, I guess there's still more to come, though, too, because it sounds like his defense team uh, is going to appeal the death sentence part and argued about him being delusional and not mentally fit, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. there's still appeals to be done, but there was a lot of comment from many people, and it was interesting to hear the different comments. Well, yes. Uh, for starters, uh, it's worth noting, it sounds like the, mot- the motive for, uh, for Ioba would have been would have been just uh, just anger towards the studio for supposedly plagiarizing an idea he had, which okay. But uh, I know that uh, as the like I found out through it uh, through an NHK uh, an NHK alert, and they word on the street the the feeling on the street, especially in Akihabara, was a sense that this was the right uh, the right thing to do there like the feelings on the death penalty in, in Japan it, it just sounds like there's a tacit acceptance of it it's not used often so when it's used it becomes big news the um I think that that seems to be the prevailing feeling or at least when you're when anyone's willing to talk about it the, the, this was also the uh, the sentiment of a lot of people after the um, Omshin Rikyo uh, sarin gas attacks in the mid '90s, and then in like in 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 one swipe, I think in 20, 2019 as well, they executed all of the um, all of those responsible for that attack, and I was I think about a dozen people, including the cult's uh, leader uh, Shoko Asahara. So this is so. I so the feelings on the street about this put it all up. Like it was such a high profile crime. I think it was one of the biggest, uh, like the largest um, murders uh, murders in some time, at least due to arson in Japan in Japanese history. I have to look at that. It, it was just 
the reaction just uh, never really um, never really surprised me. So, well, I know you were looking around on this on the day this was put out, uh, James, and there's been some and there's been some reaction from more well-known figures. Yeah, there was. I guess the president, obviously, of Kyoan uh, was still uh, Hidaki uh, Hata, and he had uh, put on a long statement in regards to this and stuff like that. And it, it sounded very Japanese, though, because it's like, in accordance with the rules of law, we have received the appropriate response and judgment to the judges. And so they thank the people who, uh, the investigators, the clerks, and all that who did the investigation, engaged in the trial and stuff like that and that he had deep respect for them. And he said, even after the judgment, the sadness I feel has not changed in the slice, and I feel nothing but pain in my heart when I think of the members of Kyoto Animation who lost their lives, those who were injured, and of the sadness of the loved ones. And then he said, I pray that remembering the animated works that they put their hearts and souls into and the surviving members' efforts every day to continue making such works will connect their spirits to us, including those who have joined Kyoto Animation since the incident took place. And it said, we devote ourselves to continuing to value our workers, display their individual talents, and create animated works from here on and stuff like that. But that was his... um, statement and stuff like that and you can see and it was similar to what he has said before and they want to keep the memory going and stuff like that but they want to uh, continue on in that they were happy that a judgment was uh, reached and stuff like that and as we know there were victim victims as well that uh, the families and that that had some statements and they said um, similar to what they said there was one family member supposedly And it was a father for his lost daughter who disagreed with it and said publicly, I don't want uh, the accused to be sentenced to death. And if he is executed, what will be left? And so that was interesting compared to, as you said, all the others said uh, that they accepted this sentence and that's the sentence they wanted for him to create this crime, right? And even the last one that caught my eye was um, the physician. It was a Dr. And so he got uh, injured, I guess, in the Alba, in the arson, stuff like that. So uh, Dr. Ueda basically brought him back uh, to health and stuff like that. And he basically said an interesting uh, statement where he said, I believe you could say that saving Alba's life was meaningful as it allowed for him to stand trial. I'm sorry, though, but I have absolutely no sympathy for him, and I want him to feel the weight of the crime he committed. Yeah. And that's usually, that's similar to what I've heard on defense attorneys and stuff like that. They want to make sure that they do everything right and stuff like that, that even if it is a serious crime and they know they're the person they're defending is guilty, that there's no loopholes that they can get out of if they are doing, um, for example, appeals and things like that, right? But of course, given what we heard from uh, their appeal and stuff like that from the defense team, they probably think he's delusional, it sounds like. It was was the defense. That was their defense, right? He Mm -hmm. wasn't mentally fit. He wasn't... But there it is. And we have our answer to that. And definitely, I guess, 
we had seen they were pouring different things. So I guess you had different forums, I guess, on Anime News Network and other places. And yeah, I told you, as I told you, Mike, I, it always intrigues me how aggressively in favor in certain circumstances and picking and choosing people are for the death penalty. Like it, it, like even in countries where death penalty is not like allowed and stuff like that and is banned, how many of them? And you're like, wow, it's like surprising it's like how they value human life and stuff like that because i would rather not have the death penalty and put him to death i would rather he rot in a prison cell and let him remember what he did and keep that with him for the rest of his life i think it's the easy out to kill the person yeah i i I mean i'm gonna put aside my own feelings about the death penalty for a little while i just want to digest this this is a it's a heavy thing to really talk about here. Um, maybe, or maybe I'll say I'll say this much. I think we became. I think a lot of people become strong. have a really strong opinion, especially in North America and especially in the U.S. because of how often such a sentence is used. There was there was another there was an execution of some sort of, of some sort I believe last uh, earlier this week and I forgot where uh, which state but I know it was through nitrogen gas but capital punishment is a regular occurrence seemingly in the states and so there's a there's like you have you just have uh, opinions that just are a lot stronger there. And I think it's just maybe when you end up using it so frequently, you will see a lot more who come out against it. So it's just something you have to be, you have to really take a pause with before you decide to use. If if that's the route you want to go. It, I, I just don't know the right answer here. Oh, sorry, James. But we definitely knew like this was the end game and stuff like that, that he probably would be convicted and he would get the death penalty and stuff like that. And the thing of the matter was, hopefully, every I has been dotted and T has been crossed, that they went through the investigation, there was nothing missed, there was no, you know, I mean, anything contaminated in that when they went to trial, they went through and did everything by the book, you know what I mean? So that nothing yeah. can be like acquitted or you know i mean like taken to appeal and like softened or anything Mm -hmm. like that so as long as they got the job done that's the good thing for everyone stuff like that and now it's on to the next process because as we know just like in the states it's going to be a while before they execute him and stuff like that because he has appeal so he'll be stewing in jail for a while i figure yeah having said all of this really my feelings my thoughts really are always the victims 36 people died. And as per a lot of Japanese protocol, we don't really know who the names of many of them. Because uh, it is up, uh, we've mentioned before, it's usually, these type of things are usually up to the family to disclose, and often they don't. Unless it's, uh, it must be done so, and the police do. So, my thoughts are are with them, and hopefully, you know, you hope they start to find a little bit more peace with the whole thing. It's never going to be the same, obviously. But you just 
you just hope uh, and pray that they that that the victims and their families especially the families left behind find uh, some semblance of uh, uh, a means to continue and move forward but um there's the latest in that case it's a case that's that rocked uh, rocked the entire fandom when it happened 5 years ago and in many respects it continues this is just the most significant part to have happened since and, and obviously we'll, we'll be keeping up with this as time goes yeah hopefully like the families as we said this is another part of the process and hopefully they remember the good times and stuff like that and then hopefully they'll have maybe a happier occurrence because they still haven't done remember they had gotten all that money and then the president of uh, Kyo and uh, a lot of them, I think they said they wanted to put a memorial at the site, but that's tough given that it's like residential and industrial and stuff like that. So they were saying, okay, we do want to do a memorial where people can uh, remember people and stuff like that, but they're trying to find the right place, I guess. So hopefully they do find some place and then people can uh, leave their own memories and stuff like there and remember the good times uh, when that occurs. Yeah. Anyway, well, as I said, that's uh, the big, that's the uh, single biggest headline I think within the fandom this week. Okay, um, we're in the back end of the show. Let's lighten it up a little bit and let's start to bring it in a little bit more locally. The first salvos for uh, the 2024 edition, and here we go. We're talking as an official podcast or as official podcast, Anime North. The 2024 edition of Anime North is starting to take shape. Pre-orders, uh, or pre-reg uh, has already uh, come and gone. I think the first um, the first batch of weekend passes are have already been long sold out. Wasn't it one day? Like those early bird discount tickets? Yeah, they kind of basically yes. went in one day, it sounded like. Yeah, from Chris yeah, yeah that's not online. always the case, though. No, no especially days. now, I know, yeah. So okay. what about the hotel room since well, everyone yes, was talking about uh, yes that on the or no. Yes or no. How much should or do we talk at all about the hotels or do we just refer people to the episode we did last year about this? So to sum it up, if you want the Delta, it was very difficult if not borderline impossible. If you want the other hotels, you were more fortunate. Uh, some people I imagine wouldn't have even bothered with the Delta so then they went to the further hotels there is one hotel that's not available which whose name is escapes me because that I think is still being used as a hotel for I think, I think you're referring to Crown Plaza that's that the like, one being made unavailable that's, that's Crown Plaza but don't quote mm. me but uh, I would still double check so you also have one less hotel now Sheridan yeah was Sheridan got out of the picture? I don't remember which hotel it was that is uh, being used to house refugees that are coming into the country. I don't remember which oh, one yeah. that was. No, I, as I said, that was, I believe that's uh, Crown Plaza, and then Sheridan is no longer an official hotel, or at least won't have programming. Wait, Sheridan was the one that had the gaming and the Yaoi and Yuri and stuff like that, wasn't yeah, it? That's where that all the, be- it's where the, all the unwanted people went. So where are they going to move to then now? Because I say that in jest. Because you're saying there's no programming there now? Because I hadn't heard about that. So if they're not there, then where would they move those parts of the convention to? That's what I'm wondering too, to be honest. And I do agree that 
you always had to do a trek. You had to go over the bridge and stuff like that. But I never minded going over there uh, to uh, the Renaissance or uh, as it was the Sheridan now and stuff like that and going there because it was nice to see that part of the convention. So it'll be interesting to see where they would find room because like they filled out so many places, right? Honestly, I haven't been there in years, several years. I just never had a need to. I guess the only thing, only little thing to add is uh, maybe from those who uh, just thoughts of those who for both uh, Mo and um, and Amy because I did ask them a little bit of their thoughts concerning this. I'll, um, Amy's probably a little bit more interesting, so I'll start with Mo. Um, Mo just joked he would have wanted to just uh, he would have wanted to do a live stream trying to keep up with what with uh, the play by play on the Monday on the Monday afternoon hotel the hotel blocks opened up. I think it was like noon hour, so basically yes, it was lunch hour for most people. And they did. I, you know, I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, you can go first. I was just saying it was the noon hours when it was. So it was the lunch hour, I'm guessing, for most people, if they could take lunch then, right? Yeah. I, 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 my, my, my punchline was it probably wouldn't have been a long live stream. It didn't last too long. And you read your usual, you seemingly heard your usual grapes. Uh, not much different from last year. It's just, I think, and this is now goes to Amy's, Amy's uh, thoughts when I spoke with her earlier today. It seemingly was a degree of resignation that this would be a frustrating, a frustrating um, exercise. There just isn't that sense of surprise anymore, and sense of anger with those with that surprise about how tough it became to get a hotel. But it, but it was still no less stressful. Probably. My question more, is: uh, Is uh, the Radisson still not allowed to be booked by the general public, and it's only Anne's staff that use that hotel now? I don't know the story. I don't I know the story that. because I know some of them are at uh, the Delta too, of course. Yeah, so. I mean, you, I mean, you, you guys still have the Delta, right, James? Yes, we've been there for a yeah. while and stuff like and that. Full disclosure, yeah. Remember, James is still technically on staff because he's one of the he he's one of the programmers of the late night uh, late night block. So, and uh, yeah, the gang and uh, and James and his crew there. Well, he's part of a bigger uh, of a crew, and they do get a hotel room. But anyway, it's interesting, like because they definitely did. Like I saw in the Discord that they did make changes. They were revving people up for obviously the registration and for the hotel rooms. They changed it where it was like, okay, you go to the end the anime north site and then it's going to make sure that once it goes live at noon you go through the links and it's the link for the delta the link for the other hotels and it was probably better if you went for the other hotels but it was the same result which i feel is expected because as we said i think they they don't have a cap but they kind of have a cap because they really hit so many people that just want to go to the convention and be there and stay there you know what i mean over the years and now it's like i think they've had a capacity limit for some of these hotels and stuff like that and i don't know where else you would go the problem would be they would be raising the prices and stuff like that to go to a more expensive place if you're thinking oh just go downtown and do it right well i mean i think 
there seems to be this uh, thinking that uh, that a lot of the hotels there are raising their prices anyway. They do have a couple of years to make up for, after all. Mm-hmm. So it's so, like you're darned if you do and darned if you don't. If you don't. And, and maybe you can drive in. Hopefully you can get a parking spot. You saw, we, 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 that was uh, certainly the talk last year. And we'll no doubt uh, be on the, uh, be a conversation when it happens again in May. Well, there's the question mark on a few things. It's like, as you said, transit, if you're downtown, yeah, you can get there easier, but you can still get to Anime North through the TTC, even though it's on the border and stuff like that and by the airport. But the other thing which always interests me is those people that decide to forego the hotels and stuff like that and book an Airbnb and how that factors in over the last few years and stuff like that. This goes on and on. Well, uh, well, check it. Maybe uh, people should start checking Airbnbs in the Toronto North and the Toronto Northwest End. I imagine people already had been doing that anyway. I'm sure maybe people, some people had already been paying attention. Those who would run them. I mean, it's the beauty of being ten minutes away myself. So, I miss the hotel because uh, I used to be staff. So. But we uh, staff get staff get a hotel room at a basically ninety percent discount, but or even more. But uh, I won't lie; I'm the type that just likes to sleep in my own bed. So then, uh, I usually didn't mind just going home all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, See, yeah, it all depends on what programming you are and stuff. Yeah, like it that. It's harder. Side, it's yeah. harder with the night programming. But yeah. Other than yeah. that. It's funny because we have had the hotels and we had a discount and all that stuff. But the thing is, at one point, there were no hotel rooms for a lot of the staff and stuff like that. So I remember when we were sleeping under like uh, tables and stuff like that in the all-night room and stuff like that. I felt like that sometimes uh, at, at, at other places. But the, yeah, this is like, as I said, it's it, you start. It's beginning to look a lot like Anime North. Sorry. It, it's coming. Like it's it, it, the anime North season has uh, begun, I guess, with in with these type of things and panels and um, and Nomenoichi date has also been announced. I guess I guess it's going to be a busy May too because of course TCAF is back in May on Mother's Day again and stuff like that. I would have liked it if they had kept it at that end of April date and stuff like that, but that's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. So there's um. Like that's just uh, the way Anime North is, and you know we'll probably be there as usual. Uh, remind me to get in touch with Norman Eileen. But uh, yeah, here we go with uh, here we go with Anime North. I think, as I said, the panels uh, panel um, registrations have begun, and I read the Discord this m- the just a few hours ago. It sounds like uh, they'll make their first batch of of um, approvals in early early February. But here we go. It's uh, you know probably one of the the biggest uh, weekend in our in our in Toronto fandom. Will it you know it's starting to shape up, and more to come, more to come on that. So before we go this evening, or is there anything else we want to mention there, or we'll just uh, oh. Yeah, before we go this evening, a couple. Let's just uh, talk about a couple things on the um, on the community calendar. 
Japan Foundation Toronto. Okay. They're going to do this little talk. It's already fully booked, I'm afraid, but there is a rush line for this. On Thursday, February uh, February 1st, a ta- an academic talk about video game arcades, game centers in Japan. Play communication and media in Japanese video game arcades. How have video game arcades maintained their social and economic relevance in Japan? And I think that's actually an interesting question. Um, How did arcade video games influence play practices in North America and how are they distinct from them? I think that's a good question too because the arcades are still very much there in Japan. Now, it's not as much now, Mike, because some of them, they obviously get tokens and things like that, like we did in North America. But the one that kept it going the longest was, as they said, 100 yen coin. So a lot of them were always the 100 yen coin and never changed. Whereas for us and in the States, they had to use bills and stuff like that. And the other thing was location, 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 because they were near a lot of transit and subway stops in Japan, stuff like that. So someone could like, you know, I mean, get off their stop and then hop into the arcade to have a few moments of fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think part of it's a lot of social spaces. And I think that'll be part of the answer. Uh, Jeremy Peltier-Gagnon, an assistant professor at... uh, at the University de, de l'Ontario Francais in, in here in Toronto, uh, we'll be uh, speaking at this little um, seminar or this little uh, talk. And if you are still willing to try and get see this um, door, um, what is this? The rush line will be there. Doors open at six p.m. and um, they'll decide the rush line. I think. 20 minutes after, 10 minutes before the actual event itself. Um, we were... Um, and that's all Thursday. Of us, yeah, that's on Thursday. All of us, we, as mentioned, uh, all of us, well, me, Kevin, um, James, and Mo, were there for the um, Vinland Saga, for the Vinland Saga chat uh, with... Uh, God, his name escapes me at the moment. Well, who's the creator of Vinland Saga again? Thank you very much. <laughs> um, hey, uh, hey, it's uh, it's late. Uh, it's late. I keep, uh, you know, sometimes it's just uh, names just escape me at this hour, right? Or maybe it's just my age. Well, we were uh, well, we were there when uh, when Yukimura Makoto uh, did his talk there. So it's the same place. Worked. Uh, you, you found it out. Uh, through the internet, I'm guessing, huh? Yeah, I know. I had time to talk. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, no, that one, uh, yeah, we were able to do that one. It's on. That one was on a Friday. This one is on the Thursday, February uh, 1st. Yeah, I, I'm oh, it's a tough, So it's good that it's sold out and stuff like that, even though it's on a Thursday evening uh, on February 1st. But uh, I'll be looking forward to it. And if there's a book, I'll probably ask. But uh, yeah, this looks like a really interesting thought, and maybe we can see how. It, and obviously, there's plenty of overlap here because uh, overlap with the fandom, with our fandom when it comes to video games, goes without saying. But uh, maybe tell you what, I'll, uh, you're, you two can't go. I think I'm the only one who's who's going to be able to go who are, who already uh, booked a seat, right? So you'll indulge me. Maybe I'll just uh, I'll let you know 
I'll uh, let you know how it went and take and take a take a couple pages of notes again. You don't mind? I'll let I'll do a report. No, okay. But there's I don't see why not. Yeah, I'll, and I'll let you guys know. The other thing of note is um, a concert about to happen. And it's not totally related to the fandom, but uh, we're close. Um, Kevin, what do you know about the uh, K-pop group ITZY? Well, they're pretty big now. (laughs) Okay. um, How far off? If we... Would you... Would they be considered a top 10 uh, a top 10 or top 5 girl group? uh, K-pop girl group right now? I'd say now they are, yeah. Top 10 or top 5? Just girl groups in general? Girl groups and from uh, uh, K-pop girl groups. I think you can. Uh, If if you're going to exclude groups that have since become inactive or aren't as active as before... Sure, let's let's go with active. Let's go with active. Yeah, I I think they're a top 5. They would be a top 5? So they announced a world tour earlier this week, and one of the stops, uh, their lone Canadian stop is in Toronto, but out of all places, it's going to be at a new venue, the theater at Great Canadian Casino Resort. That's uh, not so coincidentally, not too far away from the Anime North compound at at Woodbine Racetrack. Um, It's a 5,000 seat venue, and I'm going to also... Give uh, make a disclosure. This is my workplace. I work at a Great Canadian Casino Resort, so I'm not, and I'm not here to really out anything. It's just this uh, certainly caught our attention at work, and we wondered what gives because if the if Itzy is a top five group, I guess they are. They could easily sell out a twenty thousand seat arena and. Looking at a lot of the venues and dates for their world tour, that's where they are going. Margaret Court Arena in Australia June, uh, on March 26th. The Jam Seal Indoor Stadium to kick off the tour in Seoul on the 24th and 25th of February. Spark Arena in um, New Zealand. Their U.S. dates Their U.S. dates are the Whamu Theater in Seattle. This is West Coast. Kia Form. The great form, the the um, fabulous form in L.A. on uh, on June 11th. Um, the Sm- Smart Financial Sh- Center at Sugarland in Sugarland, Texas. Oakland Arena, old Oakland Arena, will be in play, and that's at least a fifteen thousand seat arena. The theater at Great Canadian Casino Resort at this point is a five thousand seat arena. Why didn't couldn't they get Scotia Bank Arena and? Um, I talked with Lawrence about this. He's the guy who, uh, uh, our old friend Lawrence Black. You remember him? Uh, you remember him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we. Um, he's the guy who uh, pointed this out. Oh, yeah. SM Mall of Asia Arena in, in Manila. Um, that's a that's a fifteen thousand seat arena easily. He's you know, I think. I think it's because JYP. Who, who is the company that manages Etsy, they've tended to be pretty conservative when it comes to uh, 
booking Canadian stadiums and venues. They've been burned a couple times in the past with past groups and past attempted concerts where they'd book a big venue thinking that the demand was there, but in fact there wasn't. So then there was a good while where we didn't see JYP acts coming up to Canada. That was always kind of the pet theory a lot of uh, K-pop fans had. So last year twice came another big JYP group and they did in fact perform at the ACC. I, I always call it the ACC. It's the mm-hmm. Scotiabank Theater. Scotiabank Arena where um, yeah. where the but, Raptors and Leafs play. Okay, what happened there? And those did fine. They did two shows in fact, but uh, see, the thing is, too, is that Itzy has made two other trips to North America, and both those times, they did not come to Canada. Twice also had concerts in the past in the U.S. and did not come up to Canada. So You think this is, uh, and, and by the way, this is also Live Nation. Live Nation, uh, the Live Nation does uh, handle the booking strictly for our um, for the concert venue for where I work. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, they, uh, I feel like it's JYP just being uh, cautious, and they would rather book venues where they may not be confident that they'll sell out. They're just being. Uh, they're being cautious. That's really all there is to it, is my impression. Until uh, I, I'm not totally sure I'll agree with that because I just remembered this and Lawrence reminded me this. Scotiabank Arena is going to be under renovation by that point. I see. So um, it's going to go undergo a, a summer renovation. They're going to try and build more um, club uh, club bars, club gathering areas, premium seating areas. Premium area, uh, premium bars and lounges. Basically, uh, lounges in the back of house, close to the dressing rooms of the Raptors and the um, and the Leafs. I would have wanted it to be at the Coca Cola Coliseum, formerly known as Rico Coliseum. The the five thousand Marley's play. Yeah, the five, yeah, and that's the CNE. 000. Yeah, what's the what's the capacity of that uh, of that arena on the CNE grounds, which is by BMO Field? I think it's a low ten thousand. Cedar Stadium. Hmm. How much? So it's is- like high, high four digits, something like that. I don't remember to be honest. I'm too lazy to look it up. I will look it up for you. How much uh, was uh, Queen Elizabeth Theater, which I know a lot of the different acts, yeah, Japanese uh, and Korean, have went through. That's a small. That's a small venue, and though, it's a smaller it? one though. Yeah, yeah, it's even smaller than five thousand. I know that. Um, uh, and it's about just a shade under seventy eight hundred at the Coca Cola Coliseum. So, and I, and I think that's for hockey games. They can probably put a little bit more than that for a concert, but I it probably don't know how the acoustics would be. And how many concerts have actually been there is another question. Yeah, I think that's a fair question to ask too. So this is the uh, scenario you're looking at. And I know that I know on TikTok and I did look through TikTok. Yeah. The talk has been why such a small venue? Well, that's part of the story, I guess. 
Um, tickets are set to go on sale on that on February 2nd. And those expect to go, uh, I don't know what will go faster, that or um, hotels at Anime North. I was going to say, is it faster than what uh, the normal people who book the venue uh, get? Do you figure, Mike? Well, well uh, oh, for, for concerts normally? Yeah, because obviously yeah, you've well, seen some people it, come and go it, and stuff like that. Yeah, I I just don't think it'll be like Taylor Swift fast, but it'll go. I we do. Um, I know, I know, I know. The bosses at work are expecting this to do really well, and it'll. In looking at the lineup, and once again, I'm putting my hat on as an employee there, and I've already seen some of the. Um, I already seen the list of the concerts. Trust me, it's on the website. It's easy to find. The most noteworthy concert uh, to happen will happen in May, uh, the official opening. Uh, Tom Cochran actually did perform there from the very first concert on New Year's Eve there. But um, Gwen Stefani, Blake Shelton are set to do back-to-back concerts on the uh, grand opening weekend in early May, I believe it is. That, But I think the Itzy concert... I. The Itzy concert should be really interesting. It'll probably be the most noteworthy concert to have happened yet at at work for me. And you know, I but and for many different reasons, but it's it's just not something you'd think about as to having as to having um a date circled, at least when you think about when I think about the listing of concerts, but just looking at the acts already, yeah, this is this is one to circle. This is one to circle that will be um, us at work will be uh, paying attention to, and uh, for many different reasons. But um, well, maybe I'll try and get a ticket. Who knows? I'll let you know. Okay, Kevin. Sure. Okay. Anyway, uh, as I said, this is. Uh, I don't know what else. Uh, what else we can really talk about tonight? I think that's that's as much as we should on a late Friday night late Sunday evening uh, as we end off. I will say though, uh, it is nice to finally get behind the microphone again for 2024. It's, I will tell you, uh, I'll, you'll probably, I'm going to hint right now. The, this first month of the, of the new year hasn't been the easiest and I'll, I'll let you know that about that um, in a couple days. So just let me uh, get back to you on that. Okay. But otherwise, um, Kevin, uh, James, thanks, uh, thanks for the time. I know it's, uh, I know uh, you have stuff to do in the morning. Well, James, you have stuff to do in the morning, right? Yep, gotta drive through the darkness. Yeah. As for me, uh, well, it's I still get to enjoy a day off. Kevin, what are you up to tomorrow? Well, doing some work on my end as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's. Something in my mind just popped up randomly. Uh, Before we go tonight, what is it? My favorite VTuber caught COVID-19 last week. Wait, how is that good news? No, that's that's just something that came to mind. I didn't say it was okay. good news. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's just, sounded well, like it was going to be good news, and then it's like turned into something different. <laughs> yep. Quite sad, I won't lie. Well, I think uh, I know... Tomorrow, I'll probably be spending my time doing running a couple errands. I will also start be setting up uh, some some of the streaming equipment that uh, maybe I'll or getting a better look at the streaming equipment I have 
and see what we can do with that. Yeah, we're going to start doing that hopefully within the month. Um, but uh, and maybe uh, maybe I'll uh, I'll show you what it's like to try to play uh, Yakuza Kiwami too. Oh, one more thing, actually. What's that? Um, did you gentlemen buy anything from the the rare Indigo manga sale that happened? That's what I I just me- I mentioned that earlier in passing. I, I don't know. I, I bought uh, I bought volumes of um, Teasing Master Takagi-san. And the only reason I don't have the whole thing is because um, Volume 13 was sold out at the time. What but did you end up getting, James? I just pre-ordered some manga that I hadn't gotten uh, before and stuff like that. So it wasn't as much as what I did at the year-end sale because I just have an idea of what I want to get. But I don't get as much manga as I used to and stuff like that because I guess uh, they're chasing other uh, people that want to read different genres or stuff like that. It's been interesting, actually. I had to talk to Indigo this week because remember they had, uh, it was like Cyber Monday, not last year, but 2022. And they had the, um, what was it? It was like 40% off on Cyber Monday for uh, Seven Seas. Yep, and, that was a very and so I still, sale, yeah. So what happens is sometimes you'll pre-order stuff and sometimes they won't always get to you on time or weird things will happen. And I still have stuff on that one, but one of the ones that came out last month, it was the recent volume of um, Dragon Maid, and it's the main Dragon Maid series. So um, that one came out in December for, I believe, volume 13. And I heard nothing, and I'm like, okay, whatever, the holidays. They then sent me an email in early January saying, oh, we're trying to get, and usually when they send that, you figure they're going to ship it. I checked early this week or not this week but the week before and it's like it's been in stock for a while and it's actually in some of the stores and stuff like that so i give them a call because you can call them and said hey i see this in the stores and stuff like this there any way you can get this make sure this is shipped so it doesn't get canceled and so they said okay we'll send it off to someone else that person sends me an email saying somehow it's not available from their vendor even though i can see it in stock in store and see it like um, in the stores and you know what happened after that the next day and that was early this week they cancelled the order for that book just for that book so you know what's weird because a good rep would have actually gotten a store to ship it to you because they can do that so they can do it because I, you, you can uh, it just depends obviously who you get and stuff like that and they said at some point, they wanted to basically use their stores as things that, oh, we can have them ship it to you, you know what I mean, to your address, and not just from the warehouses and stuff like that. But anyway, so what I did, I actually, so they canceled it, right? So I yep. see it still in stock in store. So I basically order it in the store, and sorry, not in the store. I order it online because I know it's in stock online. And then I basically call them up again, and I said, Here's the thing. I know I called you. You probably have a record that I called you in regards to this. I said, I see it in stock. I've ordered it again. Could you please honor the price that I originally got, which was below $10 mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It was like probably just around $10 with tax, which is really good when you consider the what they normally cost in Canadian dollars. So it's not yes. some change. Anyway, they said, we'll see what we can do and stuff like that. The next day, I get a shipping notice, and I check what they charge me. They charged me the original amount. 
So someone must have seen it, seen that should have been at the sales price and stuff like that, and then shipped it to me and stuff like that. But it's like, really, it's like kind of wild. So sometimes you do get most of the time things on sale and on time and stuff like that when you pre-order. But then sometimes you get situations like this where it takes them forever, even though it shows up in stock in online and in the stores, which is ridiculous. So they gave you the discounted price in the end or no? They did. They never told me, but I looked at what they charged me in the end when they shipped it and they gave me the discounted price as they should. But I wouldn't oh, have nice but I wouldn't but I wouldn't have got that if I hadn't called in. You know what I mean? They would have charged yeah. me the full price. But to be fair, yeah, let's be fair to them, right? Let's be fair. That's actually nice of them to do that. Yeah. But you never uh, know. But the problem is you have to actually be active to like keep track of those if you want to try and do that. That's the problem. Sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I bought a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah I figured you would have. Uh, was it pre-order stuff or just stuff you could get shipped now? There is some pre-orders. So I pre-ordered whatever volumes of Neighborhood Story I do not have. So the ones that are not out yet. Uh, I pre-ordered the new Kimini Todoke uh, spin-off that's based on Kurumi and mm-hmm. I pre-ordered the next skip beat in terms of uh, physical stuff that's available now or they have to take two three weeks I finally finished Oku the inner chambers I finally finished after school charisma I bought all of the remaining volumes of Fist of the North Star that I needed before the price increase. <laughs> I bought Mermaid Saga. I bought... What else? Can't wait to see your credit card bill, by the I way. I bought the volumes of Twin Star Exorcist that I was missing, the ones that I needed before the price increase. I bought... I bought some Faku manga because Faku manga is still available. It's yeah, just no, I, I did see that. Stuff. I think I think those ones in the Dempa stuff, it sounds like they get them into the West Coast uh, area and then they ship it from Richmond by Canada Post. Every time I've ordered something from Dempa from them, it's shipped from the West Coast, not from here. Mm. So usually that's the time where I'm like, oh yeah, I if there's anything from Faco I need, I better order it now because things don't always stick around for Faku stuff on Indigo and they don't restock. I also got... Um, I'm trying to think. I got the last two Full Metal Panic hardcovers. I picked you- up pre-order the new uh the short stories ones not yet i decided to hold off on that for now so i'll warn you about that i just noticed today remember how uh j novel yen press anime news network and all of them are part of the katakawa family and stuff like that right yeah i noticed today on the yen press site you know how they announce their next tiles and stuff like that so they put some of their July stuff on there, but they also put some of the J novel physical stuff on there. And I noticed they have uh, put the price up on the U.S. So like I was looking at Ascendance of a Bookworm and I'm glad I pre-ordered it before now because 
they had a price in American on Yen Press of $1 more. So instead of $14.99 American, it was $15.99 American. And then I think the Canadian price was like $21.99 Canadian as a cover price compared to what they had before. Ouch. And for me, it's just always trying to find the first volume of the uh, Full Metal Panic hardcovers. But yeah, also, no, I've, I've had some of those ones I had uh, pre-ordered. Which yeah, are, but yeah, you have to get them on the sale, as you said. No, yeah, you, well, you have to get them early too. You have to just get them. Like sometimes they just never reprint them. I mostly focused on like filling in some holes in my collection. Well, so yeah. I also picked up the last two Cardcaptor Sakura hardcovers that I needed. Okay, cool. Yeah, so basically, I try to min-max everything as I normally will because screw you Heather Reisman so I did all my orders based on price well that's usually what I was doing especially with that one you want them to kind of be similar the same so that you can basically get the most out of it right for the free one which is split across all three even if it meant ordering an extra book that I know I'm not going to keep but I'm going to return it so I can get the discount for the other two uh, but you have to do that, do that after you get all the stuff, so you kind of have to get them in similar uh, shipping timeframes, right? Yeah, and it also meant that uh, that manga sale was cheaper than the fall sale, so I did rebuy stuff and return the stuff from the fall sale to get some money back, too. Yeah, there mm. was some orders that, yeah, I, I took out some stuff so I could, as you said, uh, min-max it, so to speak. So I did some of that, too. My, uh, is this a, uh, I don't... It's the way you guys do. It's just yeah. the way you guys go, right? See, I would never do this for, like, a small retailer. I really wouldn't, because small retailers have um, smaller profit margins in that sense. So you're okay, yeah, I, I get it. You're okay giving oh. a couple extra dollars there. Yes, so I, like whenever I bought like clothing from blo- clothing boutiques, the ones that I like, uh, I don't always wait for a 40-50% off because sometimes they only have that one item in my size, and if it's gone, it's gone, and they don't no. restock. And I, I think James and I can have that, can safely say that was the mentality I think we took whenever we took, made our visits to Comic Den over the years, right? Mm-hmm. But when it's big corporation, I don't care. Yeah, I get it. Well, uh, well, we've talked a lot enough about all this stuff. Maybe we should just continue watching and reading and playing. So uh, once again, thanks, thanks for the time, guys. No problem. You're let's, welcome. Let's do this again. Let's do this again, hopefully in a week or so, okay? But uh, we need some sleep. That's all we got for tonight. If you want to contact us, check out AnimeRoundTable.com now. It's now a launch page, and we'll have direct links to our Twitch channel, which will hopefully start to really start up in the next little bit. YouTube channel, same thing. Our po- The um, blog to our podcast and the direct podcast page on Captivate. And as and on the topic of the podcast side, if you can, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Because good reviews might help the algorithm. And that algorithm will help us, right, Kevin? Yep. Please review us. Yeah, yeah. Even great. Yeah, just and they still give us stars, Mike. 
I don't know how many, right? Just uh, how many stars do you think Kevin can uh, uh, give us? Give us a thumbs up. Five. Yeah, five star, five star, five star, five star, five star. For now, we will continue to try and aim to provide something a few times a month. Uh, as I said, life sucks sometimes, but uh, at worst, maybe um, twice a month. Hopefully, I'll get something out uh, before in the next couple of days. But in any event, wherever you're, wherever you're keeping up with us, give us a subscribe, a like, or follow. And then you can be notified whenever we put up something new. Also, if you have a Spotify account, please check out the Anime Roundtable playlist we have up there for a list of music based on things we've mentioned on this show. And here, and um, what is what is Itzy's uh, biggest uh, biggest single right now, Kevin? Maybe we can add that to the list this week. Huh, what is now considered the? It was always that one song that got. That got huge because of the beginning of the dance. I don't remember the name off the top of my head, though. I will, I will Google that later. Then I'm gonna quickly look this up because I it was wannabe. Okay, and we'll uh, maybe we'll add a couple songs there. The theme song is entitled "Fubuki Snowstorm" by Pico Misaki. You can check out more of her music at picoinfinity.com or on Facebook at Pico's and Music. You could have listened to any anime podcast in the world, but you decide to listen to perhaps the oldest one out there. And we really do appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Good night from Toronto. And join us again for another edition of the Anime Roundtable.